Welcome to Fallout of the Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. Sponsored in part by Blanco Mac and Cheese. Nutritiously delicious with oodles of noodles. And now, on to our show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of Fallout Off the Record. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight is Shaleen. Hello. So, everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode on a beautiful Friday night, at least where I'm at, it's beautiful outside. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with our ads for tonight. Who's sponsoring us, that is? Uh, TweakedAudio.com uh, is sponsoring this episode. And when you go to check out with your purchase at TweakedAudio.com and use the code off the record, that's all one word, you'll get 30% off and free shipping. And they have phenomenal headphones. Shalene uses them. I use them at work. Uh, they're just great earbuds and headphones. Uh, also, we are sponsored by Audible.com, your number one source for all things audiobooks. Uh, please use our link, audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork for a free audiobook when you sign up for a trial, again, through audio... Blah, blah, audibletrial.com slash questgamingnetwork. Also, uh, your donations are very welcome. We want to give a shout-out to uh, Wayne Hodgins. Uh, he donated to uh, QGN to help keep the lights on and everything running. And you can do so as well. Just go to QG, uh, questgamingnetwork.com. I think I always say QGN.com, but it's not. It's questgamingnetwork.com. And use our PayPal link. And uh, any donation helps, I mean, a lot. And it'll get you a shout-out on the show. So, tonight's show, we are going to have news. More news. Tons of news. It's awesome how much news just came out this last week um we're gonna have some more gameplay segments it uh was quite interesting this week for me i don't know about chalene so i have a video for you guys uh also we have a recommendation this week for you it's pretty awesome me and chalene are excited about it we got some lore and some emails and a weapon of the week which we will not spoil just yet so we are going to get underway with our news And yes, you will. What do we got in the news this week, Shaleen? Well, to start off with, Fallout 4 has got at least 400 hours worth of content. Ooh. I think that's that's pretty welcome news for all of us. Yes. Pretty excited. I have no life now. Well, I will <laughs> not have a life. Yeah, this one's going to be a real life destroyer, Rick. We may as well bid goodbye to our families, <laughs> get our affairs in order, because come November 10th, it's going to be all Fallout all the time. Yes, that's for sure. <laughs> In an interview with official Xbox magazine, Bethesda lead producer Jeff Gardner said, I've played the game for probably 400 hours, and I'm still finding stuff that I haven't seen. So that's, that's, that's the a lead, ton of content. That's the lead designer. <laughs> I couldn't imagine yeah. being the lead designer of this game and be like, oh, I've never seen this before in my own game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation owners can get a pre-order bonus theme for their PlayStation 4 when they pre-order the digital version of, uh, of Fallout 4. It's just that garage image. Um, it's a static theme, not a dynamic theme, which, you know, I feel like they should have sprung for a dynamic theme. But still, it's a pretty rad image of the half-built power armor in the garage that we're all very familiar with by mm -hmm. now. Uh, I'm, I I don't know. I think I'm going to get to the point where I'm sick of that garage before I ever even get to go to the garage. And I'm going to go there and just be like, ah, 
I just want to make my base anywhere else but this garage. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I, I feel like PlayStation's always gotten the butt end of the stick with when it comes to Bethesda games. No offense to mm-hmm. Bethesda or PlayStation, it's just they've always seemed to have the issues. <laughs> Hopefully it just runs on PlayStation this time. <laughs> Skyrim was a real debacle. <laughs> so hopefully it runs so for I've our heard. PlayStation brethren. Um, there is a Fallout Amazon bundle available for our uh, friends in the UK. It comes with a soundtrack CD and a History of Fallout book. And it looks really cool. And I wish I could get my hands on a History of Fallout book. But it's not available for us here in the US. Just UK? So, just UK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's okay. They need some special love and yeah. Well, you know, a lot of times we get special uh, special releases and special editions that are not available across the pond. So, uh, congratulations, you limeys. <laughs> hey, let's not... Uh... We love you. Yes. We love you, UK people. <laughs> um, we're just jealous of your ability to have a history of Fallout book. And your plethora of diesel cars. Yeah. <laughs> Um, So yesterday, Bethesda announced on their social media that Fallout 4 doesn't end when the main story is over and that there is no level cap. You can keep playing and leveling. Um, So how how do you feel about this, Rick? Looks like you're pretty excited. You're doing a little happy dance over there. Yes, I hate the level caps because, I mean, okay, I can understand the fact that it makes you feel like you've got to, like, you know, pick it right and do it right the first time. But I correlate it with real world, you know, living so in life you mm-hmm. never ever stop learning so like in the game you can never ever stop learning you just keep you know upping your knowledge and, and that sort of thing so I never felt a need for it in Skyrim I was very happy to not have it um, so I'm, I'm how do you feel about it well I'm happy that there's not a hard ending to the game uh, because I I, uh, I want to keep playing you know forever especially as somebody who who loves achievements I don't want to have to roll, you know, 80 characters to get all the achievements. I'd rather just go on my main character. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm a little less happy about no level cap. Um, I feel like uh, you get your character, you know, so overpowered and it, it really can suck the fun out of the game. Video games are way less fun if there's no threat of death. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I just... In Fallout New Vegas, the level cap was fifty, and you got a perk every level, and like it was, it was just. Well, no, you got a perk every other level, yeah, but yeah. still, it was a lot of perks and yeah. uh, a lot of levels. And by the end, you're just this unstoppable juggernaut. And while there is an allure in that, I often find myself turning on Logan's loophole when I play Fallout New Vegas um, to limit myself to thirty, level thirty, because I, I just think. You know, where's the challenge? You need to have some challenge. Anyway, uh, we'll see. I didn't mind no level cap in Skyrim, uh, and I played something like 800 hours of Skyrim. My so. guess is you didn't even notice it in Skyrim. I probably didn't, no. So we'll see. We'll see, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so our, our next news item is one that I'm really excited about. It's it's not really news so much as it is a feature this is amazing. story. But it's it's a really good one. Yes. YouTuber Brian Pierre did a full playthrough of Fallout 3 as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he modded either. No, you start well he had a couple of mods but not not to do this. This was basically vanilla. Yeah. He uh 
Okay, you know you start Fallout 3 as a baby, Rick. Yes. Um, and when your dad comes in, uh, right before it flashes to your birthday party, if you make a beeline to the door as soon as your dad opens the door, you can escape your room <laughs> and get out into the world as a baby. It's so crazy. And playing as a baby, it changed a few things for Brian Pierre. <laughs> um, what did it change? You move really slow because uh, you're a baby. You're just crawling around <laughs> like a baby. Uh, you can't use your Pip-Boy correctly. He had a mod to fix that. Mm. So I know that he had at least one mod installed on this. I didn't watch the full series, just part of it. But it's, it's awesome, you guys. Go to Brian Pierre's um, YouTube and check it out. You can't swim normally as a baby. You can't interact. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> you can't interact with some objects because some objects in Fallout are uh, prohibited to children. Uh, you can, however, shoot a gun. He was a small gun specialist, so guns are not prohibited <laughs> to children in the Fallout universe. When you're a baby lone wanderer, you have a teeny tiny hitbox, so it can be very, very difficult for your enemies to hit you. That's amazing. Um, I saw this video of him just running between the legs of the super mutant and the mutants just swinging with a super <laughs> sledge. It's so comical, just hilarious. But it, it does change the way the game looks and feels. Uh, mole rats are giant, terrifying monsters when you're a baby. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the game renders you as a tiny adult instead of as a baby. You're not modeled as a baby. You're just a baby-sized adult. <laughs> the uh, video that I watched had him wearing, I think it was Enclave power armor. It was fantastic. He was just a little bitty Enclave guy running mm. around. So great. You can do baby talk. Uh, it would show him just, you know, blow somebody's head off and he's like, Dada! <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there were some <laughs> challenges for Mr. Pierre. Uh, he had to, and, and it's it's funny because he's going through the game and nobody acknowledges the fact that he's a baby. Everybody talks to him normally and they're like, sure, baby, go in the purifier, save humanity. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in the purifier as a baby and he had to take two pots with him and stack them so that he could reach the console to finish the game. <laughs> It was brilliant. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I'm just... I wonder if, like, Bethesda knew this. Or, like, they just let it in. Because they, they do have, like, small and large things in the game. So, like, mm -hmm. I wonder if they, like, let that slide. Just so... I don't know. That's amazing. Oh, my. It can't have been intentional, but I love that it's possible. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. So... Uh, yeah, that that ends the news on a very, very fun note. Um, and the source for that, I don't know if you said, was Kotaku. Uh, right. Oh, Kotaku? Yes, yeah, Kotaku. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to check that video out tonight. Um, so yeah. So uh, we have some cool gameplay stuff for you guys. And um, we're going to go ahead and get right into that now. All right, this week, Shaleen, tell us about your week in game. Okay, well, um, I'm still playing Fallout Shelter. I finally got my Nuka Cola plant. I'm up to, I think, 118 dwellers. And uh, we're about at a 86% approval rating every day. Uh, nice. We hit about 86%. So nice. I'd like to get it higher, but so far that's where we are. Uh, I had kind of a funny story from Fallout Shelter. 
I have, you know, my two door guards mm-hmm. in power armor and, uh, you know, they're carrying a, a mini gun and a, a flamer and stuff. And uh, I got a, uh, a third set of power armor and I was like, great, you know, I'm going to arm uh, one of these guys that's in the living quarters um, that's next door to the door. And, uh, you know, in case the raiders get through, he'll already be there logic, ready logic. to take him out. Yeah. He was armed with a heavy incinerator. Uh, or an advanced flamer. I forget what it's called in Fallout Shelter. But he had a big, giant, flame-throwing weapon. And uh, in the uh, in this living quarters where he is, we get a rat roach infestation. And I'm thinking, no problem. I got Jonathan in there. He's got the power armor. He's got the giant flame-throwing weapon. It's going to be cool. Yeah. And you know what he did? He ran away. He never fired his weapon <laughs> one time. I was so mad at him. And uh, there's a diner next door to the living quarters. Yeah. And so I pull in a guy from the diner who's armed with like a 32 revolver. And he takes out these rad roaches. So I exiled Jonathan to the wastes and gave his power <laughs> armor and his incinerator to the guy from the diner. <laughs> Just a perpetual state of exploration. Bye-bye. Yeah, Go pretty die. much. Just get out of here. Get the heck out of my vault. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> but most of my Fallout time went to the original Fallout this week, uh, which I've talked about a little bit on the show mm-hmm. before. I find it very challenging. I've never played this sort of game before. And uh, it's it's really cool, though. The more I get into it, the more I love this game. And uh, I started it up, and... Uh, the the main quest of the game is to find a water chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking for a water chip to save my vault, Vault 13. And I went to nearby Vault 15, found no chip. And so I went looking around trying to find this water chip. I ran from some scorpions, and I ran from some mole rats, and I ran from some scorpions again. <laughs> because I'm just I'm too weak for all these random encounters. I'm a level 2 right now. Uh, I found a place called Junktown, and uh, it's a uh, a very junky town built out of junk. And aptly uh, named. yes, aptly named <laughs> Junktown. And uh, I, the guy at the door stops you right away when you get to Junktown. He says, "Put away your weapons. You know we won't have weapons here." So um, I'm not very good at this game, and I didn't put away my weapon in time, and he started to shoot me. <laughs> so. I had to reload the game because all of Junktown was hostile to me. And I tried again, and it was nighttime, so they wouldn't let me into Junktown. So I was like, great. (laughs) Um, I think you can wait, but I didn't want to wait. I was already very annoyed with the Junktown. Yeah. Uh, So I continued wandering the wastes. Um, I found the Brotherhood of Steel in this bunker. And there were two guys at the door of the Brotherhood of Steel. And... uh, they were kind of derpy. They they were really... Were the they, one guy's like, no, you know, you have to talk to this other guy. Were they kind of like dude bro, like a little, guys? A oh, okay. little. So I go to talk to the other guy, and he's just... In the original Fallout, it gives you this very close-up shot of the person's face. Yeah. So the guy that I'm talking to doesn't have his helmet on. And he has this, like, weird nose. And uh, I'm trying to talk to him. I'm like, hey, do you guys have a water chip? <laughs> Which is the first thing I ask everyone. Hey, do you guys have a water chip? It's like, no, we don't have a water chip. And, uh, and yeah, he's just, he's telling me I can't come in unless I want to join the Brotherhood of Steel. So I'm like, sure, I'll join the Brotherhood of Steel. 
and they tell me go to the south and uh, and explore those ruins, bring something back to prove you were there. I'm like, sure, yeah, whatever. I'll go to your ruins. And uh, I leave. And as I'm leaving, the one guy tells the other guy, I can't believe we're sending her there. <laughs> and I think, oh, my gosh, what are they doing to me? <laughs> but I'm not going to find out for a while because I'm down to about 50 days to find the water chip. This oh water gosh. chip quest is timed. Yes. And I'm feeling the pressure right now. It starts you with 150 days. I've got 50 days left to find the water chip. Um, so I left and went back to wandering the wastes. I was ambushed by a particularly sneaky red scorpion. <laughs> that was actually the text that popped up. A particularly sneaky red scorpion <laughs> has tried to ambush you. That is amazing. Yeah. It's, like this, uh, this one red scorpion is just particularly sneaky. Not so much, but just kind of. And I really would like to encourage the listeners and the viewers to to go ahead and pick this up, this game, and uh, and check it out uh, because mm. the uh, the things that pop up in your little text box are so funny. <laughs> anyway, I killed my first rad scorpion there uh, because usually there's four or five chasing you, but there was just one this time, so I killed him. Ah. Um, I made I made my strength too high and my agility too low on my character build. So I've actually found that punching my 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 enemies is more effective than shooting them. Hmm. So I, I punched a red scorpion to death uh, with we brass just, knuckles. We just ballsy and Fallout One, that's for sure. I uh, yeah, it's it's pretty much the only way I have any effect. I miss all the time with the pistols. <laughs> I uh, continued looking for. For a water chip, I met a guy named Trent out in the wasteland. I said, hey, Trent, you have a water chip? And he said that he was nearly mauled by a death claw. So. <laughs> Which is the usual response to that question. <laughs> we went our separate ways. I found this place called The Hub. It looked like there was a lot to do there. Mm -hmm. But I really didn't want to take the time because I was worried about the water chip. And uh, I asked around about the water chip. Nobody would heard of any water chips. So I kept moving. And I found a town full of zombies, or ghouls, as they are more fondly known in Fallout parlance. This place is called Necropolis. And I went underground in Necropolis and talked to some ghouls, and they have a water chip. Oh! They totally have a water chip, Rick. I'm like, hey, you guys have a water chip? And they're like, well, yeah. But they tell me that they need some parts to fix their pump so that they can spare the water chip. So I tell them, okay, I'll go get your parts, and then I'll take your water chip. They're like, cool deal. You know, yeah, let's do this. It's in the north sewer. Just take the north sewer. So I go looking for the north sewer, uh, and it's this harrowing ordeal fighting all these rats and, and mole rats. And I, I can't find the north sewer. So I think, okay, I'm going to have to go upstairs and uh, back to the surface and uh, I'm sure I'll find another manhole that'll take me to the right sewer. Yeah. And uh, I see this huge creature, and I think, man, what's wrong with that ghoul? I think maybe that's a super mutant. And uh, I, I go mouse over him, and he appears to be a friendly character. There's a, a dialogue option. And his name is Larry. Ah. And so I'm like, hi, Larry the mutant. How are you today? And he tells me... Um, that I can't talk to the boss. He won't, he'll hit me if I disturb him. So I'm like, I've got to find Larry's boss. So I go and I see another mutant, and his name is Terry. 
And I'm like, hey, Terry, the mutant, what's up? And he's like, how'd you get in here? Leave me alone. <laughs> and I find still a third mutant. And this mutant is named Harry. And Harry tells me, you don't look like a ghoul. And I tell him, it's because I got these snazzy clothes on. Really? Yes, and he, he <laughs> bought it at first. And then I tell him, nah, man, I'm just fooling you. I don't look like a ghoul because I'm not a ghoul. And uh, he says, well, I totally wasn't fooled. I, I knew you weren't a ghoul all along. You're a normie. And uh, Lou says, I should take you to see him. And I'm like, okay, sure, let's go see Lou. So I wake up, and I'm, I'm in this building, this very clinical-looking building with this mutant named Lou. And uh, he tells me uh, that he's just been waiting for somebody like me. And I'm like, well, what do you need me for? And also, do you have a water chip? <laughs> Are these seriously dialogue options that you can pick? Yeah, I'm oh not. God. I'm not just making this up. This is all. <laughs> these are the the dialogue options in this game. They're brilliant, you guys. They're really brilliant. You've got to play this game. And he tells me that um, he's going to make me like them. And I tell them, "Oh no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not." And he says, "But first, you're going to tell me the location of your vault." And I tell him, mm. go to hell. As one would. I'm not going to tell you the location of my vault. And he punches me for 13 hit points. <laughs> he asks me again for the vault. I again refuse in a very sassy way. And he punches me for another 13 hit points. And this repeats until I am down to four hit points. And he tells me, it's no problem. After the dipping, you'll tell me everything. The dipping. The dipping. And the I'm like, dipping. I don't know what the dipping is, but I good. want no part of the dipping. I do not wish to be dipped. I am not made of Frito-Lay. <laughs> not dip me. So I wake up in this jail cell in this giant building, and I have no stuff. All my stuff is gone. I have four HP. And I, I try to doctor myself. I doctor myself up to like 13 hit points. I pick the lock on the door. And uh, that was hard. It took me several tries to pick a lock on the door. <laughs> and I finally get out, and I, I see all these just giant mutants everywhere, armed with giant weapons, rocket launchers, miniguns, flamers. And uh, no matter which direction I go, there's just mutants. And uh, I, I think, okay, I'm going to try and sneak past this one. And he hits me with his minigun for 84 hit points. It's a little bit bigger than your four. 84 hit points, Rick. So I, I, this makes me think I have somehow stumbled on to the end game without ever having found the water chip. <laughs> so if I can't find a way out of there, I'm going to have to go back on a save to when I first met the lovely ghouls at Necropolis and get the water chip. <laughs> yeah. Like, that sounds like Deadsville, USA, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, do, I just, I wanted one time, just one time, Rick, I wanted for my gameplay segment to not make me look like a total doofus. But this week was not that time, so. It's occasionally. It's Thanks okay. for bearing with me. It's okay. Uh, um, well, uh, I got an iPhone, finally. I know. Yay! I know. Uh, 
Yeah, I know Fallout Shelter is coming out for the Android in a couple of days. Um, but the reason I did not go back with Android again is because of instability. There's the official official reason. It also any I, uh, any Android phone I wanted actually wouldn't fit in the Fallout Pip Boy uh, Pip Boy that I have coming. So that might have been a big factor of why I bought an iPhone six. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so I've been playing Shelter like a madman for the past three or four days, and uh, I have three vaults. Uh, one is doing okay. The other one's on fire all the time, but there is one. <laughs> That is uh, a good vault. My guys, like, it was doing really poor for a very long time, but now it's coming back up. I have, like, 20-some-odd dwellers in it, uh, like, nine rooms or something, like, you know, and, and I don't have any more shortages, and their happiness is coming up, and their radiation is going down, and I'm happy with the vault. Um, but the other two are kind of uh, on fire a lot. So we'll ignore those. Um, so yeah, that's just been my experience. It hasn't been anything crazy. Um, I keep failing all my rushes. I have like a couple unique people, but nothing too crazy out of the ordinary. Um, so yeah, that's my fallout, fallout shelter experience. Now this week's gameplay, I have a video for you and it goes back to fallout one, just like you were playing. And, um, uh, uh, so part of the video, I wanted to show the opening sequence because that's very, very memorable to a lot of us that watch these. And I don't know if a lot of people in our chat room or watching this video, are gonna are gonna you know if they're gonna know this or not yeah. um so we're gonna go ahead and start the video we're gonna watch the opening sequence it's like a couple minutes long but it's amazing um just to see where we have come to so we're gonna go ahead and get into my gameplay for the week hope it goes better for you rick <laughs> this is the opening screen isn't it beautiful <laughs> So, it's the same style, you know, word. Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just going to let this play through because it's amazing. Galaxy News. One thing you'll notice is all the stuff that stayed constant. Like, you'll notice that the TVs still call the Radiation King, which it is in the other one, or in the Fallout 4. Corveg is still there. That building looks really similar, too. I, I love the <laughs> Mr. Handy. He's so handy <laughs> on the TV. It's amazing. So they, you can tell that they always stick with like the same style of like fade, you know, the, the slow out zoom camera to the echoing ruins. War. War never changes. The Romans waged war to gather slaves and wealth. Spain built an empire from its lust for gold and territory. Hitler shaped a battered Germany 
into an economic superpower. But war never changes. In the 21st century, war was still waged over the resources that could be acquired. Only this time, the spoils of war were also its weapons. Petroleum and uranium. For these resources, China would invade Alaska, the US would annex Canada, and the European Commonwealth would dissolve into quarreling, bickering nation-states bent on controlling the last remaining resources on Earth. In 2077, the storm of World War had come again. In two brief hours, most of the planet was reduced to cinders. And from the ashes of nuclear devastation, a new civilization would struggle to arise. A few were able to reach the relative safety of the large underground vaults. Your family was part of that group that entered Vault 13. Imprisoned safely behind the large vault door under a mountain of stone, a generation has lived without knowledge of the outside world. Life in the vault is about to change. Now, I, I want to say right off the bat that what's really freaky about that whole opening video is they were using real photos of war. <laughs> it mm. just it just sets in stone this this underlying tone of destruction. So you can pick a few pre-made characters here, but I decided to pick my own and make it. And I don't know how clear it is on everyone else's screens, but a lot of stuff has stayed the same. It really has. Mm -hmm. um, Bloody mess is an optional trait. I didn't. That's that's the only one I picked here. I, I kind of went with a strength. Excuse me. I kind of went with a strength and uh, agility thing, and um, I, I wanted to make sure that my I've played. I've tried playing this once before, and it didn't go so hot. Um, but uh, I tried this time to stick with guns because I thought that if I stuck with guns, I could, you know, kill things as one would think that they could do with guns. Um, so this is just kind of showing you, like, what I'm doing here. I went with perception. And, and maybe the problem is that I modeled this too much off of, like, my Fallout 3 kind of characters. Again, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing when it comes to creating my own character. Do you, do you create your own character, Shaleen? Yes, and uh, now that I've played some more, I think it might go better to do a little bit of a min-max build. Oh, a what? A min-max build, like uh, make really low some of your traits so that you can make others really high. Uh, I I'm so scared to do that. I, I really, um, I really am scared to do that. So I pick small guns, and I think I've fiddled around with picking a couple of other things. Um, also, oop, I just smacked my desk. Uh, also, this video, uh, I didn't edit any of this video. Um, just because just I wanted to show you the process of what it would be like to make your own character if you should go back and try um, mm -hmm. playing this game from, I think, 1997. And I, and I will add, it's, it's very, very difficult to get used to, especially since we're so used to our first person and you can touch everything, pick up everything mm -hmm. uh, kind of videos. So... I'm getting down to where I finally finish my build here, and uh, I, I was going through some of the perks, and, and they're very much the same as one would see in New Vegas for the additional traits that you can pick after um, after uh, 
you you get I don't know I forget get healed up. Um, so and they're very much the same except for like I said bloody messes of park or whatever. So there's a few other ones like this jinxed one was funny because it's like your enemies experience like problems with their guns and things explode on them funny thing is so does your character <laughs> and i don't know why you'd ever want a jinxed character i just don't i'm not no <laughs> i'll deal without it so um yeah there's somebody in the in the chat room that says the build seems kind of strange you're 100 percent absolutely correct because i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> at all yeah <laughs> we're total noobs with this original fallout yeah and you know i've been so de-educated by um the games nowadays like i when i remember when i was like 12 ha, you're here when I, I was love like, the overseer. Well, the funny thing is, back then in 1997, the characters don't just stare at you. They actually move around, they give expressions, and they talk, and they don't stare you through like they're trying to pierce you with their like swords and everything. But um, they all look super Cro Magnum, though. Well, get, hey man, this is 1997. We're talking about. They actually had voices in their game versus like my N64 games that were still like. Like Banjo Kazooie, mm -hmm. like Banjo was just like whoa, 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 whoa. He never said anything. He just rambled. We estimate we have four to five minutes before the You know, back when I was like twelve or something, I played Final Fantasy VII for the first time, and I remember without a game guide or really the internet at that time, I got like the Knights of the Round summon. I got the gold chocobo. I just got all the hidden stuff. And now I've tried to go back and play it, and I'm derping around in the game, and I can't do a darn thing. And it's, it's, I've just forgotten how to think critically when it comes to these RPGs. They're much more linear nowadays, and it's not a bad thing. They're just marketable to anyone and everyone, really. But um, I, I just, I had, I, I can't get the hang of this this game. Um, yeah, I just really can't get the hang of this game. So. So I, I always like I, I think from an engineering standpoint, the way this vault door opens up is correct. I can't figure out for the life of me how they open up in Fallout Three or New Vegas with that goofy little they just kind of like fall to the side. I don't know. Um so here's my first steps into the cave which houses Vault thirteen. Anyway, um so this is it. This is the ISO game. I don't know if anyone's ever seen this. And you'll see me putz around a few minutes uh, trying to figure out what right-click and click do. <laughs> Sorry. And um, me clicking on things and trying to figure out how to put them in my inventory. It's really mm -hmm. quite pathetic. Um, really, Shuleen, it is. So I'm going to give you a spoiler. This is going to totally make me look like a doof. Um, <laughs> At least I'm not the only one. No, this game is just, yeah, it slays me. Uh, so, <sighs> I completely forgot how to equip a weapons. So I'm punching a rat because I don't know how to equip my pistol. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I don't really know what um, to expect in this game. I know that in one of my other previous playthroughs, I've gotten to Vault 15 and gotten trapped by the mole rats and that sort of thing. One thing I do appreciate in this game, though, um, yes, I see in the, in the chat <laughs> inventory button. Logically, the button that says INV would be one's inventory button, but I'm, I am, yeah, 
yeah. Anyway, I, I'll figure it out in a second. <laughs> so, um, so I finally equip a knife because uh, I figure I'll save uh, ammo on these rats here, and um, it 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 just yeah, it's it's not. This is not pretty. So. Uh, the last playthrough I got to Vol 15, found the rope and that sort of thing, and got down. Um, and found, again, as you did, no water chip. Uh, as I'm going through this vault here, I remembered my first playthrough that it, there was really nothing special in here. I wanted to go fight a couple rats because I figured the XP gain would be nice. Mm -hmm. Although, it kind of got boring. <laughs> so, I'm pathetic. I know. I've been... Spoiled by these generations of video games, even though I grew up with Atari, and I know, I know, but it's okay. Um, so I have a couple bouts with some rats, and I'm swinging at them with my knife and using vats and that sort of thing. Um, actually, I don't even know if I'm using vats. How do you use vats in this game? Um, okay, you like left click on the the weapon, and it brings up a little target symbol. And uh, I think it's not actually called Vats, but it's the targeting where you can stab them in the eye or the leg or whatever. That's right. I uh, I completely... Right click, I mean, not left click. Yeah, I, I was just left clicking, just swinging wildly into the air with my knife like I didn't care. And uh, honestly, I did care. I just didn't know what I was doing. And this game, you know, it's kind of funny. In this game, if you don't know what you're doing, it really makes you feel like you don't know how you would actually survive or if you would survive. Like you really just don't know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. In Fallout 3, you can kind of get, you know, you exit the vault and you have no idea what you're doing, but you can kind of fumble your way around. And uh, this game just, it it brings back an intensity and a tenseness that is just, I haven't found in a very long time. Because uh, I'm so used to being able to, like, BA my way through, and I'm not... I'm not saying badass. I really mean BA Baracus from the A-Team. Um, you can really BA your way around the wasteland, you know, just killing everything, you know, bludgeoning everything in the skull, noggin, and uh, you can kind of make your way through with this game. <clears throat> you, you can kind of make your way through where this game, you really cannot do that. Um, so, I'm coming to the exit of the cave for the first time ever. And uh, I decided to check some bones out. And there's no, uh, nothing there. You can see me fiddling around trying to figure out what things do. Just it's it's awful. I know. Anyway, so I finally exit and I decide to make a beeline for Vault 15. Now this is the map section, and, and if you've played a lot of older RPGs, you'll you'll get used to this. Um, you'll be used to this sort of thing where you can walk around in your towns and your and your dungeons and stuff. But the overall map is kind of like mm -hmm. a quick, fast travel kind of thing. Um, so uh, I make a beeline right to uh, Vault 15. Where I'm not greeted by Vault 15, as I thought, I'm greeted by this. <laughs> yeah, I saw that one. I went through the guy's pockets real fast and then ran. I didn't pick that option. You're gonna die. I, uh, I, uh, thought myself... Oh... A, uh, That's four red scorpions <laughs> for our audio listeners. Four red scorpions are coming up behind Rick. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, yeah. So when I first popped in this area, I was like, oh, a dead guy and two red scorpions. And then they kind of moved off their own tile. And 
there's four of them. I have a 10 millimeter pistol. I am a level one, uh, just fresh out of the vault, still radiated behind my ears. And so this is the thing. They start attacking me, but they keep missing. All right. Mm -hmm. So he misses. Uh, yeah, he misses. Um, and I, I decide to get far away from him to, to try to get some range. So I move my little dude up and uh, I, I wait for them to take their turn because this is kind of a quasi-turn-based uh, strategy game as far as the combat's concerned. Um, so uh, I, I see in the comment thread somebody doesn't like the look of the 10mm pistols. I will say that I am very, very happy with the look of the new 10mm pistols in Fallout 4. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so I kind of do a a quasi-leapfrog maneuver where I fire, retreat, fire, retreat, fire, retreat, um, except it doesn't really make a leapfrog if you don't have anyone else leapfrogging with you, covering you. But um, I, I really try to kill these things, Shaleen. Why did I try to kill these things? <laughs> oh, Rick. <laughs> this is... So... Here, you can see me clicking buttons, and I don't know what they do, and I'm wasting action points. <laughs> so There's never enough action points in this game. No, and they've been swinging at me and missing, and I've been like, this is amazing. I can just keep retreating and shooting at these things, and I will eventually wear them down till I will be victorious and claim my prize that is whatever is in that guy's pockets, probably a lockpick or, if I'm lucky, some bullets. Um, so I get the bright idea to get my knife out. Because for some goofy reason, I think that's going to do more damage than a pistol, where in this game it just might. But again, I don't know what my stats are or really what they do. Um, so I'm just kind of, as you could say, swinging wildly at these rad scorpions here. Swing away, Rick. Swing and, then, away. and then one nails me and knocks me down. <laughs> and this is when I start to realize this is going to be a losing fight. And this video oh, no. is going to be super short. <laughs> he just keeps striking at you while you're down. I know. Those, those bastiches. Um, so, I, I'm trying to figure out how to use the stim pack. <laughs> I'm clicking it like, why does it not work? What do I do? And then I realize you put it in your inventory slot, and it costs AP to use the thing. Which I am totally not used to. So I end my turn. And, uh... Yeah, get boned. Uh, pretty much is what happens here. I, I you know, I, I'm just... I, I realize... I, I don't know... I, I don't know if this video is going to be boring for some of you. I was just kind of hoping it would give you a window into what it would look like in playing Fallout 1. Um... And uh, I think it's priceless, Rick. This is great. So I'm down to 17 health after using a stim pack. I'm clicking the button to switch weapons furiously with no AP because for some reason I think I just can do this real time. They surround me. <laughs> and I shoot one in last desperate attempt because I figure like somehow that'll make a difference. And it's pretty much just over at this point. Oh, man, Rick, that's great. And uh, <laughs> they again surround me, and then death. And I love this speech. <clears throat> Your bones are scraped clean by the desolate wind. Your vault will now surely die, as you have. 
and it is a much more dismal ending and and uh you know all so, of those Ron Perlman death speeches are great. Did he do did he do the original series? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he did all of them. Mm-hmm. He's been the voice in all of them, I believe, the narrator. That's amazing. I, I I had a suspicion, but I wasn't quite sure. But that uh yeah, that's my game plan for the week. Again, completely completely not uh completely not not edited at all. I usually edit the videos for length and, and just to show the bloody explosions, but no, that one was completely like from the time I left the vault to the time I died was probably ten minutes. <laughs> that was delightful, Rick. <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty bad. Um, so with that, we're going to get right into our Fallout OTR recommends. And tonight, Shaleen, tell our wonderful listeners what we are recommending so warm-heartedly. Tonight, we are recommending the Metro series. Uh, these are video games, Metro 2033 and Metro Last Light. Mm-hmm. Um, these games are uh, not really an open-world game. They're linear FPS games. But they do have some RPG elements. Um, they do? The thing I, I really like about these games is the atmosphere. That's what yes. always gets me in video games is the atmosphere. Yes. Um, basically, these games are in, in tone, Fallout Russia. They're a mm-hmm. little bit darker than the Fallout series, but it's it's pretty pretty great take on the apocalypse. Y- yeah. Um, yeah, and I was going to say, that with the tone of it... Um, uh, well, I don't know if if you're going to get to the. Are you going to get to the moral aspect of it? Are you going to no, talk you about go the moral? with that? Okay, so I wanted to say this, and I think this is because I didn't really notice many RPG elements to it, but I did notice that actions that you take that you don't even know that you're taking affect the good or bad outcome of the game. Like you'll get these, like sometimes the light just looks strange, and you hear this kind of noise, and you're just kind of like. What did what did what did I do? And was mm-hmm. it good or bad? And I you have no way of knowing if you if you you have no way of knowing um, of if you're making good choices or bad. You just kind of have to assume that you're making the right choice. Yeah, um, it's kind of like the karma system, really. Little things that you're doing. Right, but it doesn't tell you if you get negative or positive no. karma. It just makes that um, noise, and then. That's yeah, it. you don't really find out until the end how yep. you've been doing. Yep. Um, the If you're not familiar with the Metro games, uh, they're inspired by um, a novel um, that is... Uh, is it a Russian novel or is it a Polish novel? I, I don't quite I'm not know. sure. I, anyway, it's a novel that's not in English. It's been translated. Uh, I've not read the novel. Uh, I hear it's pretty good. Um, the idea behind these games is that Russia was nuclear bombed and people survived by taking refuge in the subway system. Uh, most of the game does take place underground, uh, in the subway system, mm-hmm. in silos and bunkers. Um, but your player character, Artyom, does sometimes go above ground. Um, and I, I love the ab- above ground segments. You have to wear these gas mask things yep. with filters to protect yourself from the radiation. And uh, the filters wear out, and you have to change the filters. And sometimes you leave, and you know you don't have enough filters to get to your destination. You have to find some on the way. Yes. And I, I love, especially in Metro 2033, scarcity is is so important. Yes. And uh, I love it. It's such a challenge. It is a dire it, game. 
scarcity really adds kind of a survival horror element to it to me. Um, and you do have uh, some kind of supernatural enemies, um, as well as fighting Nazis and communists. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, some for everybody. In yeah, this game. that's true. You get to fight like 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 <laughs> mutants and and mm-hmm. you know red commies, and you get to fight Nazis, and it's just kind of like a whole oh, and bandits, so bad guys. Mm-hmm. Well, right. as if Nazis are bad and- guys. Nazis yeah. weren't bad guys, but even the good guys are bad guys in Metro. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's just a uh, fluster cluck of different you know archetypes from movies. I said that right, didn't I? I did say that right. I said cluck. Um, I the, the uh, it's just a bunch of different archetypes that you can just pick from, like it mm-hmm. to, to just kill. It's it's wonderful. Except you actually have to have ammo to kill them, and I found myself not having a lot of ammo. Um, that's part of what makes this game so good is that you don't have a ton of ammo and uh, you can really get yourself in trouble. Um, my favorite part of, of this game that makes something that really makes it special is that the military grade ammo that is better, more effective at killing your enemies is, um, I'm sorry, there's a train going by that's probably picking up. (laughs) I live near the train tracks. I'm very sorry. I was like, why is there uh, a Huey landing on my home? A thousand apologies for (laughs) my house that's by the train tracks. Um, The military-grade ammo that is so effective at killing enemies also serves as currency. Uh, So maybe you need to buy some filters, um, and you have have to spend the ammo. Should you spend the ammo on... Maybe trade in your military-grade ammo for a ton of less quality ammo. But then later on, maybe you find that you really needed the military-grade ammo to get past some of these harder enemies. I got to say, the first playthrough I did, I never, ever used the military-grade ammo. And now I'm playing through it on the Xbox 360 because it's free Mm -hmm. with gold. I can't figure out how to switch to that ammo. So again, I guess I'm just not going to use any of it. How funny. (laughs) I don't know what button it is. I'm so used to a keyboard. I, I'm I'm a kind of skinflint uh, in video games, uh, and uh, I, I don't spend money. I, I hoard the money, so I I didn't spend much of the military grade ammo, and I used it a lot and yeah. found it to be very helpful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, there's a lot of detail in these games mm-hmm. uh, that they really paid attention. You can tell the developers really cared about what they were doing. Um, R2 makes notes in his journal when you find things that he finds interesting. And um, he's he's a more real, real char- genuine character mm-hmm. than you find in a lot of shooter games. Yes. And there are just little details like flipping the lights on and off. And yeah. you can strum a guitar if you find a guitar. Play a piano. Mm-hmm, play a piano. And uh, it's a beautiful game. It looks really good. It's just this... the the way that this world has been destroyed is it's sort of a beautiful destruction, which is, is kind of a weird thing to say, but yeah, fallout fans will appreciate it. I'm certain. Yes. Um, and, and fallout fans will be used to, uh, the first person shooting aspect of the game because mm-hmm. it totally doesn't work well. Um, like it, it works well, but I, I can tell you, I waste tons of ammo thinking I'm hitting the guy and it's kind of not hitting the guy, but kind of mm-hmm. is hitting the guy. And there isn't any weight to when the bullets hit. And there was a lot of um, – it's it's very much like a game you just have to love to like. There are problems with it. Right. Like, it yeah. So like to, to check how long your filter is going to last, you have to check your watch. 
you have to pull up, you have to hit a button, hold a button to pull up your watch and look at your filter. I still have not figured out how to tell when my filter's about to go out. Like, I still haven't figured out how to read that watch. Mm -hmm. And I know if it starts, like, there have been times where I've run out of ammo fighting a flying monster and my gas mask is running out of filter and it's, it's fogging up because I'm breathing heavy. And I'm like, this is just, I don't even know now. I'm just going to die out here. You can wipe the fog off the mask. Yeah, yeah, you can. But I just mean like, oh, you can't, wait, you can. You can wipe the fog off the mask. Okay. It just goes like that. Continuing on. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, Metro 2033 and its sequel, Metro Last Light, are kind of different from one another. And uh, I prefer the first game, Metro 2033. Uh, It's a little bit more like New Vegas, and Last Light would be more analogous to Fallout 3. Um. 2033 is is more complicated yeah. and uh, it's it's more like New Vegas on hardcore. Yeah. And Last Light does have uh difficulty settings where you can make ammo more scarce and um and make the combat more difficult. But um on its default settings, it's a lot more straightforward shootery. You know, just tell me a story and I'll shoot things on the way. <laughs> And yeah. it's less of a less of a horror game than Metro Twenty Thirty Three is. That's what I heard. Yeah, I, I haven't finished it yet. I'm about halfway through. I need to go back and finish it, but it's still good. I enjoy it enough that I recommend it. Yeah. Uh, these games are available on <coughs> PC, Mac, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, PS Four, and Xbox One. And this month, as Rick mentioned earlier, both of the games are available for free on Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty to Xbox Live Gold members. Yep. You can download 2033 between August the 1st and 15th. And after the 15th, you can download Last Light. I'm kind of a little jelly on the Xbox One. They've got Metal Gear Solid. I, uh, a little bummed. You know what? If you, if you go ahead and go on the website and purchase it now, then uh, purchase, I say. But it's free. But you just click purchase on your account. Really? And uh, then when you get your Xbox One someday, um, you'll have all these free games. You can just download them. So, wow. Because the games are yours forever. So even if you have the console or don't have the console, you can go ahead and log into the website and purchase it. And uh, I recommend that Xbox One owners go ahead and purchase the Xbox 360 free games. Uh, purchase, I say, but right. go ahead and, and complete that transaction. Get those games in your library. Because they announced at Gamescom that all of the uh, games with gold games are going to be backwards compatible. Nice, nice. That's awesome. That must be why they're giving them all out. So, cool. Yeah, so there's a little PSA for you. Cool. So we have some lore for you guys tonight, and uh, we're gonna delve back into the original Fallout series. We're gonna go back in time to a land that never was actually, because it's forward in time. Anyway, um, I've got time on my brain because I have a lot of Doctor Who to watch tonight. Uh, season eight drops on Netflix tomorrow, and I so can't wait. Anyway, lore. So, we're going to be talking about Junktown tonight. Yes. So, um, when a lot of us think of the town of Junktown, we, our mind clicks right back to New Vegas where it's, we find that book, Tales of a Junktown Jerky Vendor. And, um, but it's much more than that. It, uh, chat room, yes, I haven't seen season eight. It's all right. I'll get there. I only have Netflix. Anyway, um, so it's located in Southern California, Junktown is, and it was founded founded by a soldier named Darkwater, and I forget his first name. It's like Kelios, Kelly, Kelly, Kelios. Can you look that up for me, Shaleen, while I'm trying to figure um, that out? 
I it, think it just gives dark water. I think you may be thinking of Killian, Killian, the grandson. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay, so Killian wasn't the founder. Uh, anyway, um, so Darkwater had this idea of building from nothing rather than kind of rebuilding what was already there. So, like, like uh, instead of just moving into a town and kind of fortifying the town, he'd rather build a new town. But he kind of did it out of existing pre-war stuff, so... Anyway, um, they're they're kind of a trade-oriented town, um, and, and there's a caravans that move through, and they have some traders in the town and stuff. In 2051, is that, am I reading that right? 2161. 2161. My uh, screen is zoomed. Uh, on 2161, and I think that's the, uh, Killian Darkwater, who became the mayor, was the grandson of the uh, guy who founded it, um... He, he runs the general store. And there's some other notable people. Um, this guy named Gizmo who's a crook and he owns the casino there. And it brings in tourists and money, but it also brings in a bunch of other problems uh, to the town. Uh, the Crash House is a cheap motel where, the, where you can rent a room. Um, there's also uh, the Skulls with a Z and one L. Um, <laughs> Uh, Gizmo's gang, they reside in the area and the scum pit is the local bar which makes me totally want to have that uh, <laughs> food I'm sure it just has a wonderful aroma when it comes out um, the guards are headed by a fellow named Lars and there's a doctor who oh, what's the guy's name doctor it's something ridiculous, I forget but it's it's funny uh, it, Shuleen, I don't know if you can look that up for me real quick but it's there's a doctor's sure. name there um because it's funny. It's like Dr. Crazy or Dr. Mad or something r- ridiculous. Um, there's also a jail um, that you end up in, if I guess, if you break the law of some sort. So Doc Morbid. Doc Morbid, that's it. Because that's who I want stitching my leg back on. Um, he's also got like this assistant that can shoot you for free or something. I forget. It's, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Um, so... You like Shalene mentioned earlier, you can't unholster your weapon in that town, or else you will be shot. Um, and if you're playing Fallout One, like I do, killed. Um, there are a lot of quests that orient there, involving uh, Killian and Gizmo. There's a rivalry and a murder attempt uh, involved with that. And it is a part of the Shady State. The Shady, I'm sure if you played New Vegas, you've heard of Shady Sands. Um, but it's a part of Shady State, um, f- which is part of the New California Republic. And it became that uh, in 2186. Um, and it's kind of interesting if you go back. There's some there's some uh, doubt between the hub, whether you know they, they kind of thought it wasn't going to work out between the NCR mm-hmm. and Junktown. But then later the hub became part of the NCR as well. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the, uh, the story of Junktown. It's this little tiny place that's made of cars essentially. And there's some traders and two kind of warring factions that you can, uh, help fight with. So yeah. And that's, that's only available to go to in Fallout. And it's mentioned in Fallout 3, I believe, uh, and especially in New Vegas. But I don't think you could go to it in any of the other Fallouts. I know you definitely can't in 4 because coasts so that's our little bit of a lore segment there and we're gonna go right on to uh weapon of the week and it's a weapon i am not familiar with um but i believe shaleen you're familiar with this i am i used this weapon for a good deal of my very first fallout 3 playthrough the railway rifle the railway rifle is a uh, weapon that you build yourself in fallout 3 
It also appears in Fallout Shelter. I have uh, one of my favorite characters, um, Carly is her name. She is armed with the railway rifle. Um, you have to build it yourself. You can get schematics. Um, you can get the schematic actually from an NPC. You can get the railway rifle from an NPC named Laszlo, but he only spawns if you've already found a schematic. So you basically you need a schematic to get this. It fires the railway spikes that you find lying around all over the wasteland, and, and it makes this ad- adorable train whistle noise when you shoot it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It's really fun. You should you should definitely build a railway rifle, Rick. Hey, I've got the um, rocket launcher. Yeah. Give me time. Well, you know, just just keep building weapons, and you can get yourself the achievement for building weapons. Yeah. Nah. So. Nah. <laughs> Come on, Rick. I'm going to convert you one of these days. Maybe with Fallout 4. Maybe. The railway rifle does three times limb damage. Great for crippling your enemies. Yeah, yeah. It only does moderate damage, and it's not the most accurate weapon in the world. But it can tear off your enemy's head or limb and pin it to the floor, which uh, totally makes up for those other deficiencies, by my reckoning. Wow. Now I want yeah, this it's gun. great. You go into vats and you just, yeah, it'll tear off a body part and pin it to the wall, pin it to the floor. Oh, that's gorgeous. All the while, choo-choo. That's amazing. <laughs> Making the little train noise. It's adorable. <laughs> um, the rifle is built from a crutch, comprises the stock and the grip of the uh, gun. Smart. A pressure cooker acts as the firing chamber. A steam gauge assembly comprises the grip ammunition storage and barrel of the gun and a fission battery is the power source that operates the weapon here's some railway rifle trivia uh, some notes on Seagrave Holmes's computer in Rivet City mm-hmm. suggest that he may be the inventor of this weapon uh, it showed that he was trying to trying to build it he uh, mentioned a failed prototype of a gun that would fire railway spikes the components of the weapon add up to 27 pounds but the weapon weighs only nine pounds, so uh, that's some tricky physics. Um, one thing: Go the ahead. chat room is starting to ramble on about Doctor Who season eight. If somebody <laughs> spoils a damn thing for me, I'm going to cancel the show. <laughs> Stop. Shh. Okay, no spoilers, you guys. Don't get me fired from a show. <laughs> okay, you can continue now. Okay. Um, you can see the railway rifle on the wall in the hidden area at Mick and Ralph's in Fallout New Vegas. Ooh. Yeah. I didn't that. Uh, you know when you get them to show you the good merchandise? Yeah. And the wall rolls back? Uh, the railway rifle's up there, but it's just a decoration. There's not a working model in the game. No. Do you want to go into Fallout 3, Rick, and build a railway rifle? Yes, I do. Uh... Well, let me tell you how. You can consistently get all the parts in Fort Independence or at the Robco facility. And you can get a schematic from Tulip in Underworld. You can purchase one. Tulip's so nice. I really, I like Tulip. I don't remember her. Or, yeah, she, she runs a store oh, in Underworld. Oh, right, yes, that's right. Nice lady. She's like, a customer? <laughs> <laughs> you go back the second time, you came back? <laughs> She's like surprised every time. <laughs> You can get a schematic as a reward from Abraham Washington for the Stealing Independence quest. And you can also find one lying on the uh, workbench in the MDPL-13 power station. Ah, okay. 
Awesome. I, I will maybe most likely go back and make one of these. You um, should, Rick. They're really fun to play with. The, the pinning limbs to things, it sounds... I wonder if you can line up a shot where you can pin a limb to a dude, like, behind him. I don't know. Anyway, um, I, uh, um, I, just, I just never really got into making weapons in, in Fallout 3 because it was just clunky. It was difficult. Um, I just felt like the schematic thing, and I, I even felt like the way that you crafted in New Vegas was annoying because you never were quite sure what you needed. And I felt mm-hmm. like I had like a ton of stuff. Like I just pictured my guy like walking with a sack full of things like <laughs> up to the, the working bench and <laughs> putting it on the bench and then opening it up and pulling out the schematic and looking and be like, I don't have like six of the things I need to make this thing. So it was just super frustrating and I never dealt with it. But anyway, I will go and make it and I will report to you all as my accountability fellers um, how I did with it. So, um, but we have some emails from people who have written to us about things, just like we tell you about our things. So, Shaleen, let's just open up with our first email that we have. Sure. Okay, this email says, Hi, just wanted to say hello from across the pond here in the UK. Great first podcast, and it made me reminisce about playing Fallout until midnight, <clears throat> then getting up again at 5 a.m. to get an hour and a half of Fallout 3 in before I went to work. <laughs> wow. I loved that game, and I hope that 4 is as totally gripping and as, as immersive as its predecessor. I have a question about Fallout 4. Do you think you'll be able to fix up motorbikes or other transport strewn around the place and then use them to travel the wasteland? Thanks, and I look forward to your future episodes, Christian. What do you think, Rick? Uh, before we answer that, again, I'm going to jump right to the chat room. And somebody keeps asking me how I have not seen Season 8 of Doctor Who. Uh, just to let you know, Shaleen over here isn't a fan. Okay, I'll answer the uh, email now um, while you guys gripe at her. Um, the, <laughs> I'm just shifting the blame here. Um, that was not nice. <laughs> so, I, I, I don't know. It would be really, really funny to see if they like risk because in uh, in Skyrim and even in Oblivion you could ride a horse. So mm-hmm. like, I'm wondering if they like just reskin the horse to be like a motorcycle <laughs> with a side cart where you can have your little companion come with you. <laughs> <laughs> side cart. <laughs> so I, uh, I I'm really um, I'm really curious to see if you could do that. I, I, you know, I have no idea. They haven't shown any sort of. There was a lot of concept art when it comes to the re, you know, uh, pre-war bikes and pre-war cars. There was especially more concept art that I saw that was pre-war bike, like motorcycles. And there was, like mm-hmm. you said, there was even a bicycle, um, bicycle, bicycle. I want to ride my bicycle um, on the wall, and um, maybe, maybe, maybe. But I didn't see anything definitive at all referencing that you could ride a bike or driver anything so my doubts are high i really don't think we'll have vehicles in fallout 4 um bethesda's not crazy about giving you ways to not walk in uh in their games they like you to walk and see all the all the excellent work they've done Yeah. yeah i actually think it would be more likely that we would get a horse than that we would get a vehicle um because why wouldn't there be a horse yeah. and they, they've got all these uh you know, Paul Revere references and Minutemen references. And hmm. I, I think it's possible that we'll get a horse. Could Likelier you, than that we'll get a vehicle. Could you imagine, like, riding on horseback and you pull, like, a 
like a mm-hmm. Rooster Cogburn thing where you got the reins <laughs> in one hand and your rifle and pistol in the other and you're firing and oh man that'd be so great somebody in the chat room brought up the vertebrates uh i don't think the vertebrates are going to be a thing though i think they'll be a a scripted more scripted sort of thing on rails i gotta say there was a land option when he was uh mount when he was firing the machine gun from the vertebrate oh yeah there was a mount there was a land option and a jump there was a jump and land so maybe then yeah, I don't know. This is going to end up like uh, like Grand Theft Auto for me, and just going to be crashing vertebrates all over the place. <laughs> so we didn't have a post uh, National Enquirer, so this will kind of make up for that, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, you know, we have like we've seen the the airships and stuff. Maybe there'll be some sort of um, oh, I can't remember the things from Morrowind, the uh, little silt striders. I think they were called. Like they were what you were, you know, you could only fast travel using a stilt strider. And um, I wonder if like airships or even the vertebrates will have that sort of option. If you pick like a hardcore mode, maybe the fast travel will be disabled unless you have access to this specific thing. That would be cool. Yeah, I would like that. Um, they kind of did that in the Wasteland, uh, the Fallout 3 Wasteland at Wanderers Edition. The Wanderers Edition. Yeah, they had a bike that you had to fix up and then that was able to be fast traveled. So. We'll see about that, um, <clears throat> although I doubt it. So we have another email. Uh, Simon writes, Hi, guys. Loving the show in the run-up to Fallout 4. It makes me want to get back out into the wasteland every time I listen, which you should, uh, because it's awesome. Do you think Fallout 4 will make use- more usage of food, drink, and beds? I know there is a hardcore survival mode. Um, however, I always felt it's a bit of a let-off, and it had no real bearing on the normal game. Being well-rested is nice, but adds nothing to the game, in my opinion. Wouldn't it be better if a lack of sleep or sustenance affected your performance in-game, took AP away, or affected your VAT skill? Those are just a couple of suggestions. What are your thoughts? Thanks, and keep up the good work from a fan in the UK, Simon. Hey, it's a double-header from the UK. Yeah, nice. we should have read them in offensive accents. <laughs> no. <laughs> we already offended them <laughs> earlier by saying something, I forget. Um, but, uh... I kind of have to agree with him. Like I mentioned in the last episode when I was playing Fallout 3, my rads were at like 600 and I hadn't even noticed. Like, right. it, you know, they, they kind of are effectively ineffective. Like it almost feels like it's just kind of like an itch you got to scratch, not so much like something you've got to fix. Um, with me in New Vegas, I felt much more prone to fixing, you know, and eating and drinking because it reminded me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have to agree with him. Much like the rads are going to fill up our health bar in the opposite direction. <clears throat> excuse me. I feel like being malnutrition, mal, malnourished, malnourished. malnourished. <laughs> I feel like being malnourished and not well well rested should be more. You know, should affect you more than than they normally should by like making your screen wobbly or something, or like if you're not well well rested, your screen is fuzzy or something, and. You can't hit the broadside of a barn with a shotgun or something. So yeah, I would like to see um, I would like to see more, you know, direct impact on you with their with the ill effects of these. What about you? I think that would be cool. Um, I would like for it to be an option the way that it is in New Vegas, um, because there are times when I'd, I'd rather not have to worry about have I had something to eat. You know, have I have mm-hmm. I drank enough today. You know, I have enough trouble keeping my real life body hydrated, <laughs> let alone worrying about my uh my uh, false one. 
I I don't think there will be a hardcore mode though in Fallout 4. I uh I would like for it to be there, but I I'd be surprised. I feel like they have done things to make the game more challenging, um like the rubber banding and uh and making radiation more of a concern. Uh but I, I I really don't think that we'll have to worry as much about eating, drinking, and sleeping. If that be the case, we will be expecting a mod. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there will be mods very soon. Because that's, that we'll that's what they did to Fallout 3 and Skyrim. So they mm-hmm. modded it for... Which makes sense. If you're going to be able to cook and stuff and make recipes, you should be able to have it. But then again, they were just boosts. They weren't so much... Yeah, more health item yeah, than so. they are food. Yeah. So if you want to email us like uh, these two awesome cats did from the UK, uh, please. What did I say? I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> I didn't. Sorry. Um, yeah, if you want to email us, uh, which you should. Oh, you said should. Gotcha. You should email us like these guys did in the UK. I'll catch up. Um, you can email us. No, you can email us at falloutotr at gmail.com. Uh, please just let us know what you're thinking, what you've been doing in the game, and things you'd like to see us do, or any questions you might have. Um, if you tweet at us with that stuff or in the chat room here, we'll probably forget to write it down or we'll forget that you said it. So please email us. It's a much better way of for us to keep record of your requests and questions and stuff. So, And you can also, talking about tweeting, you can also tweet at us at FalloutOTR on Twitter. You can uh, tweet us individually as hosts, me at Rick McVick and Shaleen at Shaleen L. So if you want to hit us up on there, that'd be great. You can also follow me on Periscope. Uh, the pre-video the pre to this on Periscope is ridiculous. I couldn't figure out how to turn it off like most people. It's pretty funny. Uh, we're going to be doing some special stuff with Periscope once we get some more followers and that sort of thing. So follow us on Periscope at Rick McVick for right now. Because there are going to be some special things happening, and I'm looking barrel into the camera. There are going to be some special things happening on Periscope coming up. Okay. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you very much. Please like this video and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, we mentioned last week that you can now get email notifications whenever QGN pops up another video. So please subscribe and get those notifications and watch all the great videos on uh, Quest Gaming Network's YouTube channel. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. It means the world to us. I can't tell you how happy it makes me and Shaleen feel when we get positive messages. Um, and if you're going to leave like one stars, please at least be positive, like, like have positive feedback or whatever. Cause that, that helps us a lot too. just stop trolling. Um, which we actually haven't had. So it's great. Um, so we have a couple of five star reviewer shout outs, Joseph 00907. Um, then, uh, missed, missed, Mr. Alls. I'm horrible with these names. And then, uh, Em, em, embrace UK one. Ah, I figured it out. Uh, Rhinoceros and Dan O'Connor are some of the five star reviews that we've gotten just recently. I've also got a few from the UK that I uh, will give a shout out to next week. So please leave us a review on iTunes and or Stitcher. We are there as well. We record live Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash Network, and that's every single Friday weekly. Um, other great shows on the Quest Gaming Network's Twitch channel that you can check out are Elder Scrolls Off the Record, Classic Elder Scrolls, Dragon Age Off the Record, Warcraft Off the Record, Rift Reforged, Dota Off the Record, and the Mortal Online Podcast. And there's also a few other ones, some Let's Plays and stuff that you should always be checking out 
just uh, go to their twitch.tv and, and like them. You'll get an email every time someone goes live. Um, so, yeah, we want to say – oh, also, I think Dancing with Daggers is going to be airing tonight. I think at 10 or 10.30. I can never remember which time. But that's that's always a fun romp through ESO. So please check that out, guys. It's going to be great. I will actually be watching Doctor Who and building some magic decks. Yay! So – Nerd! Yeah, well, it, it's great. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening to – Fallout off the record, episode five, and Fallout or oh, and what is it? What's the tagline? In Mother I'm Russia, sorry. in Soviet in Russia, Russia, in, in Soviet, Soviet Russia, Russia, Fallout plays you. Fallout plays you. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us uh, tonight, and have a good good evening.